Dana moso shata yanda mosa kanya iya moso shata yanda mosa kanya dana mosa kia anda mosa kan dia moso shata yanda moka yanda iya mosa shata yanda mosa kanda i dia moso shata yanda kanya mosa shata yanda mosa kia anda mosa yanda kia anda mosa yanda kanya mosa shata yanda mosa kanya dana i dia moso shata yanda mosa kanya dia moso kanya dana moso shata anya moso kanya iya moso kanya nada moso kanya dada ida ana i samosa kuwa dada moso shata yanda kia yanda moso yanda moso yanda shanda kanya moso iya nada moso kanya nada moso kan dada moso kanya moso yanda baraka dada moso kanya i dia moso kanya moso shata moso kanya kanya i dada moso shata nada moso kanya nada mala i dia moso shata nada moso kanya nada moso kanya i moso kanya nada moso shata i moso shikanya nada moso kanya i dia nada moso kanya moso shata nada moso kanya nada moso shata nada moso kanya nada mala i i i means great i i great God is our defender. And we say you are Jehovah Nissi, you are our banner, you are our victory. So God defends our victory. Because he is the one who calls us to be victorious. See, that's what he defends, the victory. God is not a God That's going to go after people who's doing things unto you. See, people who choose death already reap the consequences that come with the actions that they do what they know they're not supposed to do. He already stamped this word. It already is an effect. It already is so. But he is our defender who defends our victory. So he's not going to just take you out of something and leave somebody else there. He's going to make sure everybody prospers. That's how he become glorified. Because the devil wants to separate, but God wants to accelerate. Because he's our what? Victory. And he defends what? His victory. He defends his own deeds. He defends his own way of thinking. He defends what he says. He doesn't defend what we do, what we say, how we talk regarding a worldly way. He's not moved by any other words. He's only moved by what he says. So anything else, it's not even getting through because there's no access for it to flow. See, David's songs were spoken a lot about, Father, get my accusers, get my enemies, destroy them there after me. And then he would turn around and say, you are my refuge. You are my God. I look upon the hills, which cometh my help. My only desire is to the well of the house of the Lord. Oh God, thou art my God. Early do I seek thee. Keep me in the right direction. Keep my feet from being moved. Keep my heart from being troubled, God. See, he had to change the way he was speaking. We have to be very passionate about what we say and how we say it. Because God is not Seeking those who already know they have been sent after. He sought them. And they answer. They answered. And they are us. So he already gained us. We're not the ones that scattered. So his heart is towards those who lie, who steal, who cheat, who backbite, who walks in deception. It doesn't matter, member in the body or not. Member in our home. 
home or not, member in the community or not, member anywhere, place, shape, or form or not. If it's not what God says, if it's not what God does, if it doesn't come from the kingdom, he is after you because he wants you to know his truth because you are his truth. He's not against you. He's not going to hurt you. He's not attacking you. He's not destroying you. He's not taking anything from you. He don't give and take away. That will make him a liar. That means he wouldn't have given it to you in the first place. We can't agree falsely and then want the truth to be revealed. Because I could be asking for this promotion and I got your agreement regarding the promotion because you look at me as a person who deserves the promotion and why not seek God regarding you receiving something that's better than where you are. But if it's not what God says, then I'm asking God for his truth and he's turning me into a different direction that I'm not even focused on, but I'm in the right direction. But I'm sitting and seeking and seeking and watching and hearing someplace else that I'm going to lose sight of where I currently am, which I'm asking him to do. I'm asking him to show me. I'm asking him to reveal to me. And he's revealing to me but I'm looking somewhere else. I'm hearing from another place and I'm receiving confirmation from people around me to agree with me on something that he never says. And if he didn't say it he might not ever say it. Or it may not be the time for it. That's what happens when we stop seeking him first. See, when we seek him first, it's whatever you say. I don't even care what it is. I know I'm going to always prosper. I know I'm going to always win. I know I'm going to always accelerate. I know, I know that I know because you know. And I know you know. He wants us who walk in truth to snatch those out of lies. And not condone them. Not entertain them. Not be upset about them. Not divide away from them. That's what ministry is about. Not to become entangled and yet snatch them out of the enemy's hand because you can see the attack. You can look past a person who's throwing a dot because you know it's not them. You know it's the enemy influencing them, but you're not going to have a heart that's evil concerning them, even though they understand it's influenced and try to destroy you. No, you go to the source, and that is Satan himself. Can you love past the person who's being, you know, distracted to destroy? Can you look past negativity coming at you from a person? Can you look past and anything being said on Facebook that's just really disrespectful and salty? Can you look past an evil report? Can you look past an evil deed from a person? Can you look past how they look at you? Can you look past how they hear from you? Can you look past how they deny you? Can you look past how they talk about you? Can you look past how they treat you? Can you look past how they belittle you? Can you look past how they deny who you are as a person of God too? Can you look past religion? Can you look past theology? Can you look past your praise? Can you look past your giving of thanks? Can you look past today? Can you look past why you're here? Can you look past all of that and just see the passion of Christ? Can you look past death and look at life? Can you look past anger and look at gladness? Can you look past destruction and look at joy? Can you look past no and see yes? Can you look past calamity and see glory? Can you look past can you look past? Can you look past? Can you look past? Can you look past denial and look at acceptance? Can you look past anything beneath you and look at you being seated above in heavenly places? Can you look past? Can you look past any opportunity that's trying to cause you to feel like you've been robbed in your identity and continue to walk Christ-like? Can you look past, saith Holy Spirit? Can you look past? Hear the pain pass. Can you look past? Because you have a past to pass. God. 
can you look past? Can you look past failures and see success? Can you look past whatever that neighbor is doing? Can you look past whatever they're saying? Can you look past the distraction? Can you look past the struggle? Can you look past? Because when you look past, that means you look at something more important and supersede everything that seems to be beneath you. So if you know that you more than, so look right past it. Because when you look right past it, you step right over as you walk past. You have a pass to pass. You in class to pass and pass. Can you be mature and see maturity in a person who's immature? Let me use David. Jonathan, I'm not going to the feast. Why not? You have to be there, David. You have to sit at the table with my father and I. Your father wants me dead, Jonathan. How can you say such a thing, David? My father loves you. He's taking you in as a son. Okay, he does it. He hates me. He wants me dead. I have done nothing to your father. He wants me dead. Okay, well, I'm going to call a young guy. And I'm going to throw an arrow. And if it go far, I'm going to tell you to keep going. If it come near, I'm going to tell you to come on. He's not after you. Now, I'm going to go sit at the dinner table. And I'm going to let him know that I've given you a pass. You asked me for a pass to go see your family and sit with your family and be with them and celebrate with them during this time of a celebration. You're going to celebrate with your family instead of my family where you're actually supposed to be, David. So I'm going to ask my father, Saul, you know, when he asked me about you, you know, it's okay. I don't want to tell him he could go. So... I'm going to ask my father, is he okay with that? And if he act like he's angry that you're not there, then I know he wants you dead. But if he's okay, then I'm going to let you know he doesn't want you dead. You were wrong, David. So they at the table. Saul asks, where's David? Well, I he asked me to go with his family. And I told him he could go with his family instead of being here. And Saul got enraged. He got so upset. And he got so upset. He said, you, Jonathan, you're supposed to be my son. You're going to betray me? And you know he's after me. See, he had to tell people a lie because he knew he was the one after David. See, when the enemy used us to do defiling acts, he made us feel like we are a victim and we have people to victimize us. But we are actually the one who's stepping out of our victory and we're being vicious because the devil is that vicious. But we are victorious over his viciousness because we have righteousness. Look past that. You understand? So what happened is they at the table. He's upset with Jonathan so bad that he disrespects his own son at the table. And Jonathan is so embarrassed and so bothered by it that he dismisses himself from the table. There you go. You got guests. You know, you got people there and putting people at your table and office guards and you disrespect your son like that. Throwing things at him, being rude and dismiss him. And Jonathan got up and left. So he went and did what he said. David met him. So the guy with the arrow, okay, go back over here. It didn't go too, you know, too low. It went actually far. So, okay, David, you got to stay where you are. So I got to go tell David. My father is out to kill him. David, you're right. He wants he wants you dead. He wants you dead. Now, David is on the run, and people are hiding him out. But there are a group of people from the place, Kish Pish, And I always combine the two, but it's actually really Ziff. And they went to Saul and Gibeah to tell Saul where David was. And David had multiple occasions where he could have killed Saul. A man who just want him dead because he's envious. Because the glory and the grace of God left him when he disobeyed. See, it says in the word in so many ways that, you know, he was troubled by an evil spirit. He went crazy and then David began to play a heart for him. He began to get envious of David. See, he went from loving someone who honored them to now being jealous. And he was so jealous and so envious of David, so threatened by David, because they made a song about David. Saul killed this many, but David killed 10,000 more. So he was really jealous. You're better than me. And David let him know, no, I'm your son. I love you. 
So you can imagine how uncomfortable that was. I want you dead, but why? I love you. I want to come back where I belong, where God has anointed me and going to appoint me as king. You're taking me away from my homeland. Do I have to go here and dwell with the Philistines? So Saul go to relieve himself in a cave. His men not even around. David's right in the cave. He tears Saul's robe. Saul don't understand what's going on. So David calls him out. Here, I could have killed you. It's me, David. And he says, David, my son. That's you? Yes, yeah, me. What have I done to you? Why you want me dead? Why you keep trying to kill me? Why you keep trying to kill me, Saul? And he said, you're right. You're like a son to me. I don't know. See, he put him to shame. Because David could have killed them. When he tore that robe, that means I have access to your life. But he let him go. He said, I'm going to let you go. There's a second time. He sleep, he's surrounded by his guards. They're in a circle. Joab and all of them is there. So David asked Joab's brother, Abimelech, go. Go with me. He said, I'm coming with you. Because Saul had his whole camp killed. So I'm going with you, David. I'm going right with you. I don't care if my brother Joab is, you know, his guard. I don't care. He's going to have to die too. Because what he did was wrong. He killed my family, cattle, everything. So they both went. And others went with them. So David, right there before Saul, and the Bible said God caused all of them to be in a deep sleep where they didn't even fetch. So David takes the sword that was positioned up right beside Saul's head and his water jug. So the following morning, David's on the opposite side of the valley and he shouts, Saul! And Joab, like, what are you doing up there, David? Like, why are you still showing yourself when we out to kill you? You're not afraid. You're not hiding. You're not running. And he said, the men that are with you are not worthy to be with you. They should be put to death. They're not even protecting you, Saul. And Saul, like, what do you mean? He said, where's your water jug? Where's your sword? Isn't that what's beside you? And he looked like, yeah, where is it? Yeah, I got it. Because I was right there in front of you while y'all was asleep. I could have killed you, but I didn't. Another time, Saul. If I wanted you dead, I could have did it. And Joab's brother was like, you know, why can't we kill him? He said, no. See, David went all the way towards it. He was entertaining the anger, entertaining the envy and the jealousy that was coming towards him. And he got angry and he felt vengeful that he was going to get vengeance. And he realized once he got there and saw him looking like that in his sleep, David began to feel sorry for him. I can't kill him because he was anointed as king. God saw him as king. God saw goodness in him to anoint him to be king. Who am I to kill a man that been anointed? So what if he want me dead, but I can't stoop to his level? He said, God, as much as he's after me, it's not going to be his death because of me. If it's going to be he died or he died or his death due to a dying situation, it's not going to be out of my hands. It's going to be what you cause upon him, God. It ain't going to be because of me. And that's what he did. He left it unto God. A lot of times when we on a job, in a home, in a community, out in society, We can feel like we have so many opportunities to take vengeance, to do tick for tack. And we might be led by the enemy to lead us right there to the place and the person regarding the thing, regarding any matter. And we get there and change our mind. This is not even me. I walked all the way up to this job to blow this place up. But I can't even light a match. I went all the way to your house to tell you about yourself, but I walked past the house. I called you back on the phone, but I hung up when you said hello. 
I reached out my fist to punch you back in your face. But instead, I hugged you. I cried for all the things you said or could have done to me. But instead, I continue to see it through. I continue to pray for you. I continue to pray for you. That's what our hearts should be saying. I continue to pray for you because I look past. Isn't that what Christ done? Man, we want to be like Jesus is. Try doing that first. Looking past and having the glory Allow the glory to be set before you and I. See, the glory that's set before us is us seeing the end of a thing while we walk in to get to that place and that point in our journey. It's like seeing our results beforehand. It's like calling things that be not without opening our mouth. Our actions are demonstrating it. It's walking by faith and not by sight. It's knowing that God is because he said he is. You understand? For real. So what happened was, David couldn't kill, couldn't stoop to that level because his heart wouldn't let him. That is such a cry unto God to be hated upon when you release love. When everybody on the job has gotten a promotion but you. Everybody been recognized for doing a good deed, but they didn't call your name. Or everybody's name was spelled correctly and yours was misspelled. Everybody got a hug but you. Everybody was invited but you or me. And sometimes we get mad that we are not included but it's God actually excluding you from a situation that can have you to feel worse. Because he's our what? Jehovah Nisi. Our banner, our victory. See, God is not going to have me to hold his hand and he take me because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. No, he's going to use me to set an example so you can begin to do what you know you should be doing, which you should have been doing in the first place. And we all leave happy. We all leave, you understand, glad. Look how Saul, when David spared them, how he felt. He said, go ahead, David. I'm not going to be after you. So it took David to go with the Philistines, Philistines, so that Saul wouldn't come after him. Because Saul wasn't coming to the Philistine camp. But you know what's so amazing? Is that David was going to battle with them against his own people because he was with the Philistines. But he was still a man of God. So you know God not going to have that. See, David in an awkward situation, he's protecting himself and being protected by God by being with the enemy and now being actually, you know, in a place where he's acting as if he's feeling ways that he really don't feel because he knows they've been his enemy since he's been where he's been. So now all of a sudden now we're friends and now he's acting like he's going to war with them. But guess what? He really was going to battle with them. So I wonder if God would ever say anything, what would have happened to them? And God had the other guys for the Philistines was like, no, he's not going with us. How that's going to look? He's going to turn on us with his people. You think he's going to fight with us? He's one of them. Who are we fighting? I don't care how long he's been here. And the king said, no, he's good. You know, he's great. You know, he, he, he's good. He's, he's not going to do that. He's not going to turn on us. He's not. He's not. I, I promise you he's not. He's not. He's not. Ahimech is a brother of Joab, who's actually a, a guard, one of, one of the guards of Saul. And he's against Saul. And he was like, no, we're not going to do that. So David, he wanted to fight. He wanted to fight. He wanted to fight with the Philistines. And he went to Achish, the king of the Philistines. And Achish, the one said, I'm going to listen to my guards. You're not going to fight, David. 
I, I, I'm glad you went with me. You're so faithful at what you do, but you can't come and fight because my men say that you're one of them, even though I know you're not, but I have to listen to them because they've been so loyal to me, David. And that was nothing but God sparing David. You are not going to fight against your own people. And I'm not going to let you do that, David. It's like you've been a rock in a hard place. And you're like, what am I going to do? I don't want to do this, but I have no other choice. And God like, yes, you do. I got you, David. And God used the enemies to tell him he can't fight. And David looking like, you know, I, I will fight. But he looking like, I'm so glad. You ever been like, you know, I'll do it. But you're like, I'm so glad you tell me not to do it. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to do it. But, you know, I'll do it if you ask me to. But I don't really want to do it. That's how David was. And that was the fight that Saul was murdered, Jonathan and his other two brothers. And the Amalekite is the one who killed Saul, took his crown and his bracelet, and was on his way to brag about it to David. And David looked at him, who are you to think you're worthy to kill a king? A man who'd been appointed by God. David felt very disrespected. He tore his clothes, his men tore his clothes. They tore their clothes too. They began to, you know, soak before God. Cry out like we do right now. We do a moment of silence. That was their moment of silence. They tear their clothes. <laughs> and David was very hurt about that. Who are you to kill someone in a matter of 10 minutes? And I've been running for years from this man who I honor, who I could have killed myself. But I honor him because he's appointed by God. And who are you to be his enemy to walk up and just kill him like that? Now you got to die. Give me the sword. Slit his throat. You understand? Him and his men killed that man. So, when we put things in God's hands, everybody wins. The entire book of songs, which is Psalms, are nothing but emotions coming from David on the run from Saul. And it's so amazing how Psalms comes right after a whole different scenario. It wasn't even songs right in the midst of first Samuel or second Samuel. Then you got first case, second case, first Chronicles, second Chronicles. You understand? Way down and there goes the songs. But those songs was during a time that David was going through that situation upon situation. And those songs got him through it. So allow your praise to have you to see through it. Because one thing people keep doing, they keep looking to see what you're saying. And me say, well, I'll, okay, well, that's on them. But let me tell you something. If someone on your job is a supervisor over you and has the power to have you not to come to work, no matter if it's wrong or not, but if you are the reason for your own hindrance and your own persecution, you are robbing yourself and robbing God from his glory by allowing you to see it through because he is Jehovah Nisi for you. Don't let your mouth cause a hinder for you. That's not even for you. Don't put God in a situation where he can't be who he is to you because he has no access to be who he is in that situation for you. Same for me. Don't allow our mouths to get us in trouble and wonder why we can't come to work. We can't come to different places. Can't even come and do something that we normally do in ministry. Because someone asked us, you know, not this time. Asked us that, we, you know, that we can, you know, sit down for a second. Without saying that. Because no one's going to actually say, sit down. No one's going to actually say, don't come to work. They're going to find ways to have you to get less hours. They're going to find ways to have you to do less things. Because we are hindering our own purpose by being in our own way, by not looking past things. See, some people in a position to tell you what you can and cannot do regarding their establishment. So we can't go in nobody's establishment. I can't go in your business. I can't go in your clothing store. I can't go in your childcare facility. I can't go in your restaurant telling you what you need to be doing. 
I can't go behind your counter and make sure all your registers are straight. I can't go and taste your food and see if it's good enough to serve on your menu. I can't go in your hair salon and see what kind of products you have and what's good and what's not. So be mindful of that. Now, if something happens without your control, then that's out of your control. But don't be the one to roll out of control and move out of control when God is in control and we lose sight of control, which is a fruit of the spirit self-control that now we no longer are giving God the access to take control. Now we feel like we are being controlled in a situation that went out of control. Sometimes we speak all around things and don't even go bullseye. That's one thing I never did and I never will. I would never sit with any of you, any of you, and not talk to you about you when you know you shouldn't be doing what you do. And I mean things that's, that requires my you know, attention. Now, some things just need not mention. We go to God, of course. But if we're talking about a specific, excuse me, subject of a matter, and I'm acting like I don't understand what's going on, but I know very clearly, and I'm talking about it very dearly behind your back. No, I'm going to let you know. And I want you to let me know too. I can't support something that's going to cause a hindrance. Hallelujah. Sometimes we see things that's not right. We see things that's not fair. And guess what we do about it? Not the right thing. We got to look past. Are you willing to look past? How about everything that was said before you got on here? Can we just look past? I'm in situations where I caused things to happen and when it blew up and escalated, I was praying that it wouldn't point to me and I was, you know, trying to help, but it made it worse. We don't help to be nosy. We help. Because we want to help. Someone was about to get married in two months. And this was two years ago. Two years ago. And God said, go give her your testimony. I'm like, Father, we don't even talk. But it's okay. We family. Everybody here to me, family. God said, go message her and just give her your testimony. That's all. Just give it to her. I'm like, oh, righty then. So I go give her my testimony. You guys know what? She messaged back immediately. Thank you. I needed that. Her status changed immediately. Engaged to single. She was getting married in two months. And she said, you know what? I'm not even going to lie. I was being desperate. I mean, he was telling me what I wanted to hear and we looked good together. You know, I'm ready to get married. I'm tired of being single, but it's nothing wrong with it. But I ain't gonna lie, I want my boo too. And she said, I knew it wasn't, but I was trying to make it work. Because for one, we unequally yoked because he go to a different church and he's not considering coming to mine and I'm not considering coming to his. So we're not gonna be going to two different houses when we are one. So that's right there, unequally yoked. So she said, thank you for that. And everybody get married in two months. I got my dress. I got the place. I invested money. I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to getting out of a mistake that you know you was going to make, you don't even care about the money. You're just glad you didn't make that mistake. You can have the money. <laughs> you understand? 
Because nothing is worth the price of your soul. Nothing is. Hallelujah. Wherever we go, we have to be the bigger one. I don't know why. Holy, I can't say I don't know why. Holy Spirit keeps saying to me that you have to watch what you're saying and what you're doing. Because you really care about what you do for God. And some people get in their feelings and try to stop that. It doesn't matter what cathedral, what temple, what congregation, what tent. You understand what basement you go and worship. You don't want to be the cause of someone telling you because you did something that you shouldn't have done and they called you out on it. Let me explain. It's heavy. I have to turn the music off. It's heavy. A lot of things that happen to us are not fair. You know, people say faith isn't fair. That don't make sense. God dealt every man the measure of faith. To me, that is fair. Now, if he didn't, that would have been not fair. <laughs> you understand? We all know how to talk. <laughs> but the thing about it is, and listen up, it's very heavy and God is dealing with us. Watch what you say and do. Because people... Maybe on your job, maybe, you know, around you, doesn't matter where they are around you, maybe waiting for you to slip up just so they can tell you what they've really been waiting to tell you. See, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, can nobody stop you? But if we are, you know, initiating and instigating and starting things that we're not allowing God to start and finish and we are hindering and handicapping our own walk when it comes to victory. That's like me. If I see something wrong being done to me and I start gossiping about it and then make it back up to the person who started to gossip about me and I'm gossiping back about them and they're a supervisor over me or a manager on the job, they have the right to either write me up or they have a right to suspend or do whatever because they're in that position to do so. No matter how unfair it is or not. But I could have stopped it by now allowing my emotions not to get the best of me. See, we can't put ourselves in situations where, like for example, if you're a person that, okay, you don't, you know, you don't eat pork. I'm just going to use that. You don't eat pork. And that's what you're telling people. And you're just, you're in this organization that's pork free. And all of a sudden you're just blowing up and you're doing so well. And someone looking at you like, oh, okay, well, whatever. You think you're perfect because you don't eat pork. And then they're going around looking to see how true it really is. And you get caught at, you know, a barbecue pig joint eating pulled pork. And they capture that and make it seem like, okay, it's just you, you know, at a place, but they're making it as if they're not trying to capture you doing it, but they got you on picture and they are anonymous regarding it. And there goes your entire organization crumbling down and everybody who didn't eat pork and supported why you don't eat pork, your organization, they supported you. Now they left because you got caught being a liar, being deceptive. If you're a person who's married and you look so well with your spouse and everybody loves you and there goes the enemy sending somebody to, you know, see what you really do. And all of a sudden you at a strip club and they tell you, oh, you can't no longer serve, in, you know, in this organization regarding marriage because you just defiled yours. See, we're not allowing God to be our niece when we are doing things that's hindering our own walk. And that's where a lot of the demons that are after you and I sent by Satan is trying to do. 
trying to contradict what we do to make us look like a contradictor. And that's nothing but a hypocrite. And that's what Satan is trying to make us out to look like hypocrites. That's why many are on his side, don't want to come on the Lord's side because they call us hypocrites. It's always y'all in the church be the main ones drinking, be the main ones having sex, be the main ones smoking, lying and stealing and being mean to people and, you know, talk about what people could do, what they can do. Main ones want money. Main ones want to be funny, want to be disrespectful. They always come at us about that. That's their reason for not coming alongside because they call us hypocrites. So if we be who we are and don't put ourselves in situations that look hypocritical, then there'd be nothing for them to say. So eliminate all the naysaying due to you doing things that is naysaying out of your life because you said yes. I feel like saying it again by Holy Spirit. I'm trying to say it in so many different ways. Don't make your father out to be a liar because he's not a liar. Don't make your father's house out to be a mockery and you are the house of God. Don't make your life, your thoughts, my ways, my thoughts to be out to make God out to be a mockery, to be mocked. We're not having him out to be marked in our life because he's not to be marked. But it can sure look like it. So make sure you go to work on time because there may be someone just that press to say, okay, good. Now I can use this to cause you not to come no more. So step it up and watch what you do. Because the enemy is waiting for you to trip up. Because he's standing with a stick to do so. That's my stomach I need to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My stomach telling on me. You understand? And you really got to pay attention to it. Hallelujah. If you're a person that is taken off, which you are, The devil is trying to find who can he send to trip you up. And many of us are not even aware we're falling for the trap. By positioning ourselves in front of him and losing sight of being focused to see past it. Have to see past it. Christ said the trouble on every side, but yet. But yet. But yet mean it won't prosper. But yet mean it cannot touch you. But yet mean it will not stop you. Because you're not forsaken, struck down, neither are you and I destroyed. So if we in our own way, then how can God have his way? God is saying to some of you, I don't know who you are. You just take a break from social media. Take a break from social media for a while. Don't wait till January. Because I'm going to tell you like this. Listen, please. See, a fast is a hunger. Ooh. <laughs> ah, a fast, you know you get hungry, right? But it is a hunger. A fast is a hunger 
for spiritual discipline. No matter what area you want to be disciplined about, you are being hungry spiritually to have that consecration be manifestation. But if you and I just giving up food and there's no consecration, there's no self-edification, we're just dieting. Or we're just away from TV. Or away from social media. See, God looking at a person who's going to make the change. And not us who's just making a sacrifice without no change. That's that's Abel. I mean, excuse me, that's Cain. Thank you, Holy Spirit. My sacrifice is going to be good too. In fact, it's going to be better, but my heart not in it, so it actually is beneath. Some things that we're waiting to do in January, you start now. Take no thought for January. Take no thought for Christmas in a sense of what you need to do now. Same goes for me. Because it's going to keep happening year after year because it's a cycle. And there are good cycles, just like bad cycles. There are good goals like bad goals. And many of us are losing sight of what we normally used to look at and be focused in. Areas we used to be so focused and we're starting to lose sight of. There's nothing but the devil. And we're entertaining it. We're engaging with it. See, I realize when you be used by God and call out a demon, they're not going to want to come around no more. Uh-huh. We come around y'all, we're not coming around her. And that was said to me in a dance party. We had a Christmas party. And a, a lot of the dancers said to me when I was sitting down, be around more, please. Because when it's, it's a, we can feel when you're here. And we can feel when you're not here. There was a party I was invited to. And I was like, you're not going to miss me. You're not even going to know I'm not there. All the people going to be there. It's going to be hundreds of people there. How you going to know I'm not there? And that person said, I know you wasn't. Because I was trying to say I was, but I wasn't going to lie. I'm like, you know, how you know I wasn't there? Y'all could have been there. You wasn't there, Q. Because I, I would have felt you if you weren't there. Whoa. I didn't feel your presence there. Whoa. And multiple was saying that I didn't feel you there. I can feel when you're here. A lot of times I'm in the back praying. I get there two hours early and I'm just anointing the place, playing over everything, the rehearsal, you why we doing it. You know, we're here for the Lord, not for us to be seeing her or anything like that. Stand together, agape love. You know, everybody come in and just encounter God. Whatever you came in here with is at your feet. All those things. And they're not even aware that I'm in there, but they can feel me there before they get to see where I am in there. And that's nothing but the presence of God that's walking with you because we're curious of the presence. That's amazing to know when somebody is there because you can feel their presence. Oh, God. You understand? I was like, whoa. That's powerful. Powerful. So, to be a person that call out demons, not you, demons. You're not demons. They are demons. Demons. You're children of God. And so, people notice, I call out the demons. And the demons can't influence the vessel anymore because they've been called out and they leave. And the atmosphere be set for miracle signs and wonders. I realize if I don't be the cause of my own hindrance, then whatever happens to me, out of my control. So there goes Jehovah Nisi 
taking control. If I go to work late, I can expect God to keep me my job. If I'm out here being nasty with you with an attitude, I can't pray to God that you connect with me because I'm hindering that from happening. So don't hinder what you are called to do by doing something contrary that's going to try to destroy you. Hallelujah. God uses me as an example. And I'd be like, why you use me? Why you gotta use me? <laughs> For all the things that is not to be, he uses me. And I'm okay with that. You know why he said to me right now? Because I'm bold enough to do it. <laughs> oh, God. That's why, because you're bold enough to do it. You're daring. You're daring. And I love it. Oh, God. So, receive this well and look past. Look past all of that, okay? Don't be a person that you can sit next to someone and you eat with them, talk with them, sup with them, sleep with them. All these things with them and can't even tell them how you really feel or what's going on in your life. That's a lack of honor. That's a lack of honor. That I choose not to, you know, say what God want me to say to you because of whatever reason. I feel like, you know, I don't have to. That's just like saying I don't honor you. Now, everything is not to be said and mentioned. No, don't get that mixed up, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, for example, if we are on the same team, which we all are, walking with God, and God will have you and I in a specific department, we working together on a job, we we all, you know, draw, we, we you know, we're the painters, we're the, you know, sketchers, we do that. And then we have an upcoming project for those who come in to do some sketching with us. But me and three people decide not to share with the five that just came in. But we all doing the sketching together. But me and the other three working on a project behind their back. And then all of a sudden we just come out with voila. So the other five like, okay, why would we include it? And look how much it could have been so much better, so much glory revealed unto God if we all did it together. And not trying to keep people away from doing what they are part of doing too. We have to stop doing that. That's called tricks up our sleeve. And that's what the devil do. He always have a trick up his sleeve that can never prosper because he always prevail not. So we got to know that I may not see what you're doing. You may not see what I'm doing, but God sees all things. So we worshiping God and we serving God and we honoring God. How can we know that he don't see that thing? See everything but that thing? No, he sees everything. The hidden things are exposed first. You understand? Hallelujah. This is my time for now. I love you guys so much. Greater is he who's in us. Greater, not greater, greater, <laughs> greater is he who's in us, he's in the world. I love you.